Welcome to the Her Life Her Way podcast hosted by me, Maddie. Here at the Her Life Her Way podcast, we facilitate honest and vulnerable conversations with women from across the globe that shine a light on how we can craft a life that feels meaningful and joyful to us all. Through these conversations, you can expect to feel empowered in your journey to live, relate, and work in a way that feels nourishing for your mind, your body, and your soul. We will never shame you into thinking you aren't enough or that you are not doing enough. Alternatively, our conversations highlight the patriarchal system working against all women and will provide you with the tools, wisdom, and support you need to live a fulfilling life in spite of a system that is designed to strip women of their autonomy, joy, and wholeness. This is your life. You get to live it your way. So welcome again to the Her Life, Her Way podcast. I am so grateful that you are here, and let's tune in to the episode. Today on the podcast, I'm super, super excited to have one of my dear friends, Janine Johnson, on the show. Uh, Janine Johnson is the founder of Zen Consulting Services, a consulting firm for women-owned businesses looking to build a foundation for financial zen in their businesses and in their lives. After an uninterrupted 30-year journey in the corporate world where she meticulously climbed the ladder, received those coveted annual raises, achieved her quotas to earn substantial bonuses, Janine still felt unfulfilled. Then in 2020, she decided to leave her corporate job and take the leap to start her own business. (laughs) Three years later, Janine is living her mission to extend this transformative experience to others, guiding women in embracing an abundance mindset, mindset and liberating them from the shackles of the ingrained scarcity mentality that so many women carry. Money and shame have shared a painful history, but Janine is on a mission to impart a fresh perspective on wealth, enabling women to expand their financial horizons and discover their unique financial zen. Yay! Thank you so much, Janine, for being here. I'm so honored and happy that you're on the show. Thanks, Maddie, for having me. Like so honored to be here. It's my first podcast, so I'm just like super excited. Yay! Well, I'm glad that we get to share in this moment together. What I want to start off this episode with is a little bit more information about your story. I know tidbits about your story. However, our lovely audience here does not. So I would love for you to give a little bit of background into what brought you to where you're at today in your life and in your business and what you're sharing um, with the world today. So lead us through the journey that kind of brought you to where you're at right now. Okay. So um, like a lot of stories, um, the last election really changed a lot of stuff for me. I worked in um, the political arena, arena in my corporate job at my last big corporate job in Los Angeles. And I loved it, but I I was very politically activated, like in the community with everybody. I worked with the mayor. I worked with the governor. It was great. It was fantastic. Like we did a lot of great things in our community and it was really wonderful. What I wasn't expecting was that um, my belief system wasn't in line with my mother or my sister. And it became a really big issue in our family, um, like a lot of Americans during 2016, 2017, 2018. Like it just was, it was a thing. And it was really just too bad. And um, I was at my sister's house and it was after the pandemic. And she had put my husband and I in a very um, medically bad position. Um, unfortunately, my husband is one of the few who looks super healthy, but he is autoimmune compromised. And he's had, um, unfortunately, COVID three times in the last year and a half. And we are vaccinated and done everything, but we found out that they um, kind of put us in a really bad position. And my internal reaction to it was enough for me to seek help. And so I went and I hired a mental health coach. I worked with them for three months. I did a lot of work. and But during that time, I decided to leave my corporate job. It was at a meeting and I, they had a major problem, like a major, major problem. And I had a solution for them, gave them the solution. But I think maybe because I was a woman, in a room of finance bros. And I was the most senior person there, the most educated. I had the most experience, but they wouldn't listen to me. I felt so unfulfilled and defeated that day that I remember going home that night and telling my husband that I was going to give my notice the next day. 
And because um, we obviously were open during the pandemic, and this was literally May 4th, (laughs) it was like May 4th in the middle of it. And I decided to um, quit and give my notice next day. And I told him, I said, I'll be home by 11, though, because we have a million dollars cash on hand. I have the keys and the combination to the safe. I was blasting Taylor Swift um, and sent him a text saying I was on my way home at 11 o'clock, like for real. Like it was, I knew that that's what was going to happen. So I took like six months off and I didn't do anything. And then same uh, mental health coach at our last like meeting during that time said, hey, can I talk to you afterwards? I have something I need to talk to you about. I said, sure. She goes, it's totally nothing to do with like us. And I was like, all right. She told me that she had made like a really good living the last two years and that she had no idea what she was doing and that could I help her? And I was like, sure. And so it kind of just started there. I I had done client, um, obviously had clients before this at numerous times, but mostly always when I worked for somebody else and had a like W-2 job that was secure. I was always afraid to go out on my own. And then this time, I guess I just felt like I didn't have anything to lose. I was like, this is great. It's a great time for me. I'm already taking the time off. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. She introduced me to a lot of wonderful clients. Um, I've had some really great experiences. I've helped some people. Some people have allowed me to help them. Some people have not. And, you know, and, and that, but that's all their journey also. You know what I mean? It's but now I'm really passionate about it. I, I do a lot of pro bono stuff for people. I try to help people that can't afford to work with me. Not everybody. I'm a luxury. So I, you know, I really just try really helping my community, whatever that looks like. So that's what my I, goal is now. I love that. And it's so apparent in the work that you do, which we'll dive into in just a moment. But before we dive into that, one of the pieces of your story that really jumped out at me was that moment where you were in a room full of finance bros. You were the most senior person in that room, the most educated person in that room, the one with the most experience in that room, and everyone had ignored you. And so you had, you said, what, 30-ish years in Mm -hmm. your corporate career. So I want to hear a little bit about your experience being a woman in a man's quote unquote world, right? Like being around these finance bros all the time. What did that look like? And how did you navigate that? And did that inspire anything that you do in your business right now? Oh, it is exactly why I do what I do now. And exactly why I say that I am really just all in on women businesses. Listen, we all love men, okay, for one reason or another. Listen, we do, okay? They but I'm not looking to work with them on a daily basis anymore. I do have a couple of men clients and you know what I tell people? They are the most wonderful, wonderful people and if they weren't, I wouldn't be able to work with them. Like they're just on that next level of like thinking about women, thinking about issues and I I can deal with them on a day-to-day basis. But yeah, I'm in accounting and accounting for the most part is a male dominant world and it always has been. Women mostly have been hired as bookkeepers, staff accountants. Um, you know, obviously this day and age there, it is so much easier for a woman to get into a senior position, but you have to understand, like I graduated high school in 1987. I, I did a gap year. I did my four years, two years in New York, two years in Washington. Like I, when I started out, it was all men. I, over the course of my career, I have only had one woman boss in corporate. One out of working in an industry for 25 years. It's insane if you think about it. And then when I think back at me as a manager and I would go to functions and I would do stuff, I was always like the lone woman also. Really interesting to me because, and then I was in real estate and development, um, which is also how I got into the politic or politics and entertainment arena. It was just a really, Los Angeles is a weird, um, a weird uh, pool of jobs. Like you get into one job and then you're doing something else. So, and that's kind of like what happened with me was my last job. It was uh, mostly real estate development, but then we really started helping our community. We built a museum. We donated land, built a park for downtown LA. We were very, I was on a homeless community. I mean, it was a very fulfilling job. 
that one, I feel like I had more of a voice to help the community and to help people, but I had to work for 25, 27 years in corporate to finally get there. Do you know what I mean? And then when I was in this meeting, it was interesting because I just, it was like a a separate division, but it was enough for me to take pause and know that I had to go do something else. It Mm -hmm. just was, I was just, I, I remember I was like sitting there and I was like listening to all of them and they were joking about it, by the way. They were joking about losing $2 million. And I, I mean, I'm sorry, this was like literally at the beginning of the pandemic. And I'm like, this is like big money. Like at this time, like I already knew the ramifications of economically what it was going to be mean to shut down our world for this long. So I'm kind of like sitting there thinking to myself, why are you guys laughing about this? This isn't funny. Like my boss, my big boss, the guy who paid us all is going to come in here and want answers. And you guys are laughing about it. I just like, it was like a point when I couldn't be around ridiculousness anymore. <laughs> and the male yeah. ego of them thinking that we didn't have to take it re- like serious like, just because it wasn't our money or whatever. Like it just was like this weird like vibe in the room and I wasn't comfortable. And it was funny because my assistant was with me and w- who was also a woman. And I remember at one point we looked at each other and we're like, what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like what is going on right now? Like, we were just so confused that they were joking. And then I was like, hey, I have a solution. Why don't we try this? And the guy was just like, that's not going to work. And I remember challenging him back and saying, why do you think it's not going to work? Like, what, what proof, what evidence do you have? Do you know he could never answer me? He literally could never ask, answer me. Yeah. The next day when I gave my notice and I sent my letter into my boss, he called me immediately because he was in another office. And he called and he goes, why? And I told him the story and he goes, well, you don't have to work with them all the time. This was like a one-off that I needed for you. And I said, this is the reason why I'm leaving. Because you think it's okay to have people like that, that laugh at women in the office and don't take them serious. I get paid serious money here. I've been doing this for a long time for you. And I need to be taken seriously. And you have people that work for you that don't take me seriously. I'm your number two. Like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. And as much as I liked them and as much as I respected them, the one thing I will say is that there's been something inside of me my entire career that I know, Maddie, I can go out and get a job like that. Yeah. Like that. Once a week, I get an email right now with uh, recruiters from LA and Phoenix where we used to live, and they want to know if I'm going back into the workforce. And I'm kind of like, and I know that that's probably a little egotistical of me to think like that, but that was what got me through that day was like, if I need to go get another job, I'm going to go get another job. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I think that's an important point though, because I have a a very similar mentality of I've always had a job since I was 12 years old. I've been working since I was 12. And so I have this confidence in myself, no matter what, it might not be the job I want, might not be the job I love. But I can go out and get a job and be able to provide for myself and cover my bases, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting because in my relationship with Bryson, um, he has a very opposite mentality. He didn't grow up that way. He grew up always working, but he grew up in a very different circumstance than I did. So did did. my husband. And so it's really interesting because I thought that everyone in the world thought like you and I. Like, oh, you can just go out into the world and get a job. And I think that might be a common denominator. I'd be curious to see amongst entrepreneurs. Like, I wonder how many entrepreneurs out there think that they can just go and get a job at any time because entrepreneurship comes with its own set of risks. Yeah, maybe you should do a poll. Maybe we should do a poll with everybody. (laughs) Yeah, because Jeff has a very different idea about work, making money, and what that looks like for him. Yeah. And his is all centered around going and working for somebody else. Where I'm like, oh yeah, I could do both. I could do either one. I'm yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally feel the same way. And so I'm curious, um, 
once you you had this like moment of realization right where you're like i can't be here anymore yeah it was like a come to jesus moment yeah yeah which is actually really impressive because a lot of people don't have that sort of clarity and able or and are able to act on it right away and you were able to act on it literally the next day so you handed in your seriously yeah um and then i mean that might have been my trauma speaking but yeah like (laughs) i hadn't gotten there yet in my healing journey so (laughs) that's fine and then you but it worked for me Exactly. You took some time off and then you were working with this coach and then you started your business. So I want to hear about the beginning phases of your business. What kind of work were you doing with women on like a mindset level when it comes to money? What are the types well, of women that come into your practice and like how are you helping yeah. them specifically? So I'm going to be very general. So if any of my clients are listening to this, it's nothing specific with any of my clients, by the way. Okay. So I'm going to be very general, generally speaking. Um, Because this is the other thing that I want to explain is that I don't have a very big online presence. And um, I have a whole set of clients that do not follow my account. And so I'm going to group them in with this also, but they're in a totally different industry than the wellness industry. Because I have like two sets. I have like an industry, like an entertainment set. And then I've got a wellness set. And then I also have like a small business set, but that's like totally separate. So, but in general, in general, I work with women from the age of 22 to 39. Um, 75% of them come from um, a family where one of their parents is a person of color. Uh, The biggest common denominator with everybody is that they grew up without a lot of money. Um, A lot of my clients, especially in the entertainment side, went from making about $30,000 a year to sometimes $30,000 a month, $30,000 a week, $30,000 for a post. So the feelings that they have around making money and then all that money and what to do with it is insane. And I mean insane. They have a lot of shame. They feel a lot of guilt, especially um, my uh, TikToker girls. There's I have a couple of them, and they have a lot of guilt with how much money they're making. And it makes me so sad for them, to be honest with you, Maddie, because they've now put themselves in a whole generation for them in a different tax bracket, and they have the their. They've let it mess up with their head because they think now what's going to happen if I can't make this money in a year or in five years? What am I going to do? I've changed my family's life. I hope they don't get used to it. I hear that a lot. So we work a lot on that stuff. And it's so weird because Jeff tells me sometimes he'll hear me. He's like, man, you are like half uh, accountant, CFO, half therapist. Because we talk a lot about how they feel about how they made the money and also like what types of posts they're doing. That's the other thing that's I think um, some of my clients, I had a couple of clients that at the beginning, they just kind of took sponsorship posts because they wanted to make the money. But now they're stopping and thinking about, wait a minute, do I, am I feeling aligned with this person? Which by the way, before they started working with me, they never thought about stuff like that. I make them stop and think about that. Like, do you really, do you really feel good about this brand? Do you feel about what they do for their community? Do they, does it make you happy to go work for them? Do you know what I mean? Like really happy. Like I had a client recently just do a partnership with Adidas and she was really on the fence about it because of some stuff that had happened over the last couple of years with them. And then she was kind of finally like, well, I think I'm going to move forward with it because I feel like it'll take me to the next, like what I need to do. And guess what? She got a job with Skims. So Mm. there, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you just kind of work on the stuff that's bothering you of like how you feel about money and the energetics of it. And that's the other thing is like a lot of people don't even understand that I really believe in the energetics of money. Like if you like are hanging on to it too tightly or just not thinking of it in a more, I think of money in a very organic way. Like I really just try to have it flow to me in and out and try not to worry about it too much. It drives Jeff crazy. 
drives him crazy because he worries about it a lot. But I mean, I don't know if that's just a man. And like what we said, he's always like, you know, centric, focused of working for somebody else. I think that has a little bit to do with it, his age, all of it. So, but I mean, yeah, I feel like older generation, like, and I'm 54. So we have a different mindset about money also. You know what I mean? I, I have a different mindset because of retirement than you and Bryson would necessarily. Yeah. So, but yeah, I really try to help people just figure out like what their money wound is. What is it? Like, like what is like, how do you feel about money? I ask people, how do you feel about money? Do you have a good, happy thought about it? Do you, does, does it stress you out? Does it like make you feel anxious? Are you like just the stressors? What is it that you're feeling? And then let's work on those. And let's really work on those. And I also, especially um, my people of color, I want them to feel good about making the money that they're making. They've worked really hard, no matter what they do. Like, I don't care if they are, I have, I have clients that actually have a normal job that do side stuff. I don't want them to feel bad about that. I want them to feel good when they're waking up in the morning at their W-2 job or their side gig job and not feel bad about the money that they're making even though they know that it's literally changing them and their family's life. Like it's, it's hard to, for that, to them to grasp that feeling and be okay with it. So I, you mentioned that you try to get people to understand their money mood. Um, if someone's money mood, it, that's what you said, right? Money mood. Money mood. Yeah, it's like okay. what the, how they're how they're feeling about money. What you're feeling about money? How are you feeling it? And then they're, the if mood they of money. Feel, if they feel anxious about money, or if they feel stressed about money, worried about money, what are some things like? Let's say someone listening is feeling that way, right? In general, mm-hmm. about money, especially in their business. What are some things that you would share with them, some tips or tools to help them work through that anxiousness or stress or worry when it comes to money in business specifically? So I think the biggest problem that people have with money in general, and this can be applied to business or personal, by the way, um, is they think of it in too big of a picture. Everybody is always like, oh, where am I going to be in a month or uh, in a year? Where am I going to be later this year? What kind of year am I going to have? Am I going to hit that goal of $10,000 a month or $120 a year or whatever that is? And I tell people to break it down into such smaller, like, like digestible, like, pictures in front of you. You know, I I work with you on this. Uh, Quarterly. Let's look at quarterly. How are we doing it each quarter? Like, listen, it's so easy. You got 12 months. You break it down into four quarters. You literally just focus on that. Like right now, I just tell people, just focus on October, November, and December. Don't worry about January. Who cares what you're doing in January? Like let's worry about right now. And then also, especially right now with the holidays coming, okay? Because then we've got other things. We've got people that are, you're going to feel pressure to buy gifts for every child in your family, okay? There's some people that have 25 cousins and in their family. Like do a white elephant, people. Suggest it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the end of the world. But I just, I, I feel like there's a lot of stuff coming up. You know, holidays are super, super stressful. And so I just tell people, get a piece of paper and a pen and write down. I want you to write down stuff that's bothering you, like your stressors. Know that you've got your top three things that are causing you stress. Write them down and tackle them one at a time. If it's, I don't have enough money or I don't, I'm not like, I think my spending is up, then you need to do a budget. You need to sit down, write down every single thing that you spend on. Don't forget those $7, $8 coffees that you stop once or twice a week and get. Don't forget that you're stopping at the store and picking up dinner once a week. Like literally, you have to really be honest with yourself. The only time you're going to work with your, through your money issues and your, like your money wounds is literally if you're honest, if you're really honest with yourself and say, listen, I like to spend too much, or I like to go here. Like some people, they love coffee culture. They'll go and get coffees two, three times a day. But if you really stopped and looked at how much you were spending on that, you might want to rethink it. If you say, Hey, I need to come up with $500 by February, because I have a retreat I want to go to, you could save that $500 by the end of December and then take that stress off of you going into the new year. And that's kind of basically what I do is I like have people figure out what's going on, 
what what exactly is it that you're not making enough money? Is it that you're spending too much? You're not saving enough? Okay, let's figure it out. Like, let's figure out how to do that. And it always comes down to writing down how much you're bringing in and how much is going out. Like, it really is. It really is about education, investigation, and honesty about your finances. That's it. Most of the time, people don't even know how much they're spending. Yeah. They really don't know how much they're really spending. Okay. And it's kind of scary when you think about it because you're like, wow, like someone really isn't, they have no idea how much money is coming in and out. They just know at the end of the week, they have $7 left in their checking account and they're not sure exactly how that happened. So yeah, I work with these, I work with clients. Sometimes I do these packages where they'll come in and I do a, it's a, I usually call it a tax prep package because it's really what it is. And I just go through everything. When I tell people like how much they've spent on stuff, their mind is blown. That emoji with the mind blown, literally, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, did you know you were spending this much money? Did you know you were, like, did you really know? Like, because it's so easy to grab that card. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And awareness is like the first stage of change, right? So you have to- It really is. What you're spending in order to change that. And what I like about the way that you operate in terms of money and finance is that- You've never been one, at least like in my relationship with you, to say like, oh, don't spend on XYZ thing that you love. It's about reorganizing. So like Ramit Sethi, who I don't know if you know Janine, but he has that popular show on Netflix. I'll Mm -hmm. teach you how to be rich, I think it's called. And he has this book. But he has a concept called living like your rich life, right? So he has a similar mental methodology of it's not about. So if you love, let's say, coffee, because we've been talking about that, and that's your thing. Then let's figure out a way for you to spend to make it work. as much as you want into coffee, yeah. but all the things that you don't love, like be really frugal and cut, cut, cut. So like if you're not yeah. a big clothes gal, but you're right. still going out and buying clothes all the time, but your love is really in coffee, let's cut out how Redistribute. much <laughs> Yeah. So that way you can go spend more on coffee, which I think is such an important thing to highlight about you because there are so many accountants and bookkeepers out there, people in finance that have a lot of shame around money, which when Mm -hmm. you pour that on top of someone who already is dealing with their own internal shame around money is a like garbage fire. Well, it's funny. It's it's interesting that you brought this up and I'm going to tell you a story because I don't know if I told you, but a couple weeks ago, um, an ex-client of mine, uh, she works with somebody else now. Um, The bookkeeper is kind of doing a promotion. They're looking for clients and stuff like that. And they featured my ex-client. And her quote was that my old accountant uh, stressed me out so much and made me feel anxious all the time. And she was talking about me. And I laughed a little bit because I know that's not true. And I and Jeff asked me, he's like, seriously, girl, he goes, how do you feel about that? Because that's like total opposite of who you are. <laughs> And I said, I go, actually, it hurts my feelings a little bit. And then I laugh a little bit because I'm like, this is this person just not being honest about who they were during our relationship. Um, The only time our relationship doesn't work is when you're not honest with me about your money and your spending habits. When, and this is where it comes down to, again, what we are talking about is honesty, like being authentic about what your spending habits are. Be authentic about who you are and what you like and I will make it work. I have never, not one time with any of my clients, made them feel shame or guilt by what they spent. Because the reality is, is if somebody has actually come to me and already told me, it's already spent. So why would I get upset about it? Like I can just then try to make it work. Do you know what I mean? Okay, you just spent 10 grand. All right. I know how much money you have left. I know what you've got coming in. I know what's going out. Let's figure it out. Like, let's figure it out together. One of the things, um, like I used to be a forensic accountant, by the way, back in like my early career for like 10 years. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved going into businesses and helping find where people were stealing money. And like, I loved it. It was like this level of, like, I just love the analyticals of it also. And honestly, that's what I really like now. That's one of my favorite things out of all of this stuff. I love doing my monthly reports and sending them out to people. I feel like um, 
over the last three years, I've really, really perfected it. Um, I'm, I'm getting better at knowing what clients want to hear, what they want, what they re- the stuff that's really important to them. And which, by the way, what's important to you versus my other client versus client Z are totally different. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I really just want people to really realize where their money is going. Because I feel like that's the biggest thing. I'm not looking to change anybody's spending habits. I'm not looking to change anybody's business ideas of how they even want to run their business. Because most of the time, I don't really know the details or the specifics of how they do it. I just know maybe sometimes when something isn't working. Like, okay, well, yeah, why isn't your profit margin up? Let's look at that. Let's look and see what's going on. And, you know, it's, yeah, like what you said, it's like, uh, hey, what are you passionate about? Where do you want to spend your money? Because that's the biggest thing is like, um, I think a lot of people don't really think about where they'd like to spend their money. They just no. know they want want it. You know what I mean? It's, they just want more of it. It's funny. I put out a post a while ago about that because I was getting so frustrated of like, just all of this hoopla around money, specifically mm-hmm. on social, right? Mm-hmm. And I put out this post. I was like, is it really the money you want? or is it the thing behind the money? Like for me, right. it's not, I don't want X, because everyone's like 10K months, 10K months. What the hell does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like, what How is, is that even it? sometimes sustainable for some people though? Like yeah, that's, you and that's, I both have known people who've made that money and more and uh, should not have been. Like literally should not have been. They should have actually taken a step back and like really become more intentional with what they were offering people and maybe not been so stressed. But then when, like you said, that 10K month, you're like reaching, 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 reaching. Of course, everybody wants to make money. Who doesn't? But the stress comes when you have that milestone and no intention behind it, like you said. So like for me, right, what has really helped my relationship with money is figuring out what it is that I value in my life, right? So remove from business, remove from money. What is it in my life that I value? And so, for example, like I value creating memories with family. I value time outside of nature, things like that. So now that I have this picture and you go, I like did all this journaling work to go through it and paint the picture, right? So I set out my values. Mm. And then what are some examples of different like things in my life that are attributed to those values? So example, for example, um, memories made with family, friends, Uh, weekly date nights with my fiance would fall under that as an activity, a trip to Paris with my mom would fall under that with the activity, right? And then so yeah, which we work towards. Exactly. It was yes, you're working towards a goal. Yeah, yes. And then you're able to see a clearer picture. Okay, uh, for me to live a life that's in alignment with my values, what then when it comes to money, do I need to pay for this life that I value? Not the other way around. How can I work for And now a brief break to hear from one of our sponsors. The Her Life, Her Way podcast is sponsored by Her, a women-owned and operated virtual assistant and online business management agency that provides female-identifying founders and leaders from around the globe with creative and technical support. With over 4,500 log client hours and over 130 clients served in just three years, our highly skilled and trained team has been able to provide high quality, reliable, and strategic support that has helped our clients to create sustainable growth in their businesses while also taking some much needed time off. As shown by her 90% client retention rate, her customers love, trust, and are empowered in their work with our beloved team members. Our mission at Her is to empower and enable more female founders to do more of what they love with the people they love while leaving a lasting impact on the communities that matter most to them. Some of the services our virtual assistants provide include email marketing, inbox and calendar management, course design and management, podcast management, blog writing, Instagram management, and website management. While our highly skilled online business managers support our clients with systems and processes management, launch strategy and implementation, client experience management, project management, and team management. If any of these services sound like they would be helpful to you and your business, we would love to connect with you to learn more about you and your own specific needs. 
feel free to go to our show notes to learn more about her and the work that we do as an agency. We would absolutely love to support you and the amazing work that you are doing within your community. So once again, go to the link in the show notes to learn more about our agency and connect directly with me, Maddie, the founder of Her, to book your own discovery call to talk about next steps and getting you the support that you need and you deserve. So now back to the show. The money and then funnel that into my life. You do realize though, (laughs) fundamentally, we weren't raised like that for like generations, especially oh, yeah. Americans. It's really interesting. You know, I um I don't live in the United States full time. I'm uh I am all over the place. Like this yeah. the last twelve months I've been we were in Europe for about five months, Southeast Asia for four, and and the United States. And it's really interesting. Um so if you take those, you know, into quarters, let's just call it. Um the only place we go and anybody ever asks what we do for a living is United States. Yeah. Yeah, nobody ever when we and we meet tons of people all the time. Like we we have friends all over the world. It is probably literally like day three or four hanging out. They finally say, "Hey, what do you guys do for a living?" And it and nobody ever talks money like they do here. It's such an interesting concept when you go out and see the world a little bit. But so while that's my job, I actually try not to have it be my focus of my of my conversations <laughs> of money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, it's just and it's hard. Well, but it's interesting that you point that out because you and I were even talking about this earlier this week when we were catching up after Paris. Is there are so many other people and so many other cultures and countries that are so much happier than the majority mm-hmm. of people here in the United States. And so, if you're saying that you've experienced this shift in emphasis in other countries and other cultures away from what you do for work, away from money, right? And they're happier. Right. As a right. result of that, like, what does that tell us here in the United States, right? Are we tells us it speaks things? volumes about a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, and it, and you know, the work uh, that work culture here um, is also something that I'm really, really trying to teach people. It just doesn't need to happen anymore. Yeah, that hustle culture is just it's deader than dead. Like it I. Is. You know, and especially you know, it's really interesting. Um, I went to a wedding this weekend. And of course, you know, oh, what do you do for a living? You know, got the (laughs) whole, you know, and what I normally tell people is I'm a contract CFO. I just say that. I don't really, I I own my own firm. That's what I do. Um, Depending, and it really, like in this particular day, we're at a wedding, so people are drinking. And so a couple times people were like, oh, like, exactly like what do you mean and I was like what do you mean I was like you know clients hire me (laughs) like you know what I mean I was like oh my god how many drinks have you had um I said yeah I get hired and then um it was really funny because the groom's daughter was uh there and she was standing there and she had had quite a few drinks and she was like oh she's so modest she's like got a couple of big instagrammer and tiktokers that are her clients And it was so funny because the person that was standing in front of me was younger than me, but he had such a boomer response. It was like a boomer from Boomerville response. He was like, is that a real job? Do they really make money? Oh my gosh. And Jeff was holding my hand and I literally thought he was going to break my hand because he was like waiting for me to like, because you know me well enough to know that I'm very direct. And I was like, "Um," but I actually was really calm. I was like, yeah, it is actually. I was like, what what part are you having a hard time understanding? And he was like, well, like, I don't get it. And I'm like, what don't you get? And I was like, I'm like, I wasn't going to help him in the conversation, but I wasn't going to like, like, dude, like literally tell me like what your gig is and then I'll answer back. And he, he, it actually kind of broke down that he was just so surprised that there was people out there that were making money off of online, number one. Number two, he was surprised that I actually left my job in LA to do this. That was the other thing. He was more shocked at that, which also, by the way, he knew who I was. Um, 
he just knew who I was from somebody at the party that used to work in LA and they knew I used to work with the governor and the mayor of of California of LA and and governor of California. And so they were like, that's Janine. She used to work in LA. And the guy was like, I don't understand. And I was like, I literally, Maddie, I looked at him and I said, it's not, and I said it exactly. He was two years old. And I said, it's not hard to understand I want my quality of life to be more than my bank account. And he was like, and I go, but guess what? Both are still good. Yeah. I said, I'm still making good money that I feel good about, that I don't have to like come home and cry because we worked in development and we were selling condos that are worth, you know, $250,000, but we were selling for $500,000 and ripping people off. I didn't have to like, um, you know, it was it's expandable. Like what I don't have to deal with anymore. Like I just kind of looked at the guy and I was just like, and he said, he goes, well, somebody here told me that you guys travel full time. And I was like, yeah, we do. And he was like, why? (laughs) And I was like, have you been anywhere else besides Mexico? (laughs) Yeah. Just saying. And he was like, um, well, yeah, I went to England like when I graduated college and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, I go, I don't know. I go, when you go out to the world and like see a bunch of different cultures, I said, we just feel more aligned with going and spending our time in communities that are just different. Like, and I told him, I said, I'm really, really, really passionate about, um, stray dogs and getting them uh, spayed and neutered when I'm in foreign countries. And I'm, I go and I volunteer at places and I'm just really, I want to go help communities do like, I, I mean, listen, a lot of, not a lot of people have been to Thailand, but um, dogs are everywhere and it's a really big problem. And I just feel like every time I go there, I want to help the people. I don't want there to be a million dogs running around. And I know it's something small and something like insignificant probably here, but it is a very big issue there. And I just like every time I go places, I really just want to help people do stuff. Like it was really interesting. Last time we were in France, I met somebody and they had a business and they needed some help with a, like a business plan. And I helped them for free because I want to help people. Like, I don't want people to be struggling and working like 50 hours a week anymore. Why? For somebody who doesn't care about you, literally. Things that's most evident in the work that you do with your clients, at least to me, is how much you do care. And I think that we've lost that in this phase, in this like phase of life that we're in in business of like online entrepreneurship. We've lost yeah. the essence of what entrepreneurship really is, and it's fixing a problem for a group of people. Aka, right. it's helping people. And over the past three years since 2020, when so many businesses moved online and all these coaches flooded online and all these service providers. It's become about the 10K month. It's become about building your brand. It's become about all these self-centered things when actually the long-lasting sustaining brands are the brands that deeply care about their people Mm -hmm. and deeply pour into them, sometimes at no cost. You do that. I do that. The best business owners that I know all do. All do it. All do it. (laughs) They all give back. All the best ones give back. And you know what? Here's a really interesting thing that we're talking about, like with money. I know that my services are a luxury. Not everybody can afford them, which is why I try to make you guys as happy and as personable. And I literally, you can, if anybody was to ask you if there's one person besides Bryson that's invested in your company, you, I hope it would be me. I am a hundred and fifty percent invested in you and your success. But here's what the difference is, is I'm not driving you to, and these aren't your figures, but I'm not driving you to like, let's say your base is 5,000. I'm not driving you to get to 7,500 and then to 10,000. I figure out what your base is, like what is doable, what you've been doing and what we're going to do in the future. And I want you to stay there. I always tell you when you're always close to that, I'm always like, okay, we got to watch our spending a little bit. I never say, don't do this. I always say, okay, let's adjust a little bit. Here's what we've got going on. Oh, okay. We lost some clients. That's okay. Guess what? You had extra. Like I really want, you know what is successful for me? Is it when I'm opening up my clients' books and I see that the last nine months, they were consistently making the same money. That is success (laughs) to me. Yep. 
I I might the pull that out as the yeah. I might pull that out as the clip for this podcast episode because you're so right, right? Like especially again, I hate to come back to social media time and time again, but it's so but, inter- in, interweaved with the topic of money. You see these people having 40k, 50k, 60k, 70k launches, which is great. Awesome. Good for them. I'm happy for them, but that's not sustainable. It's no. not doable for everybody. It is a it's a unicorn. I tell everybody it is the exception, not the rule. I have a question for you too. So there are a lot of like money mindset coaches out there or mm-hmm. like wealth coaches, what have you. Um, just like kind of in my industry, there are a lot of business coaches and stuff like that mm-hmm. out there. And the way that I look at coaches versus service providers versus us, sorry, that everyone has their own purpose and utility. Mm-hmm. But what would you say to someone who's like, I, I'm thinking about investing in a wealth coach. I'm thinking about investing in a money mindset coach, but they really like, what are some, sorry, let me rephrase that. What are some key features that are, I literally flags, can't wait to answer this question. <laughs> the red flags that people might be the looking The red flags for, all over the place. Yeah. That people might uh, look for in their own businesses to indicate that they actually need an accountant or a bookkeeper versus yet another coach so okay there's a difference like you can hire like a a money mindset manifestation coach that like is going to start changing how you think about money okay like i'm going to help you change and think about money but ultimately it's going to be up to you and then i honestly like i i'm not knocking anybody that does anything like that okay i'm just saying that what's their qualifications do are you literally just talking about the energetics of money but also like how are you helping them with like what kind of finance coaching are you doing like i want to know yeah. like did you go to school do you have the education and the years of experience that i have like i it really is starting to bother me how there's coaches for everything and nobody has any qualifications. I'm just a little concerned about it. Um, I am on um, a message board for female accounting and it was really funny because somebody um, asked me that exact question, what my qualifications were. And it was really funny. She was really kind of crappy on the boards about it. And I then said, oh, I have done it. And I, and I gave her all my, li- my list of my list of many things. And she was like, oh, okay, now you do know what you're talking about. And you know what I said to her? I go, don't be fooled by my picture on my profile. I look 20. I go, I'm 54. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, because my picture that's on there is probably from like three years ago. And I was, it's a black and white and it was a little younger. It's like my old profile picture. And so I was just like, sorry. Yeah. You know, but I just was kind of like, um, sorry, girl. Like, but I, but it's kind of a valid question. Like, what are your, what are your qualifications? What if, can I talk to um, past clients? Like, especially coaches. That's where I always go. Can I get a referral? Can I talk to somebody? And then like, what are we talking? Like, what kind of thing are they trying to fix for somebody? Like, what are, are they teaching you to go out and work hard? Like, because if that's what it is, that's what I'm teaching people. I'm teaching yeah. people that they have to still work hard and have good energetics about money. Like, and then at the point that someone is hiring me, there's all like, we'll go from the smallest to, uh, I really, 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 really like talking to people who are first starting out that don't know what to do. Okay. Um, they're kind of a little lost. Do I get an LLC? Do I get a tax ID? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, yeah, please stop, slow down. Because a lot of people go out and get that LLC and that tax ID number and they don't need to. Like it, all it does is legitimize like things more on some level with taxes, but you might not want to do that. Like you might want to stay a sole proprietor. There's a little bit more flexibility in that at times, depending on your state that you live in. And so I really like meeting people that are younger and I can help and I can kind of kind of give them in the right path and at least give them, you know, 10 things that'll actually set them up for success. Because you remember, I had the conversation with you. Let's get your foundation set. It's all about foundation for me. And it's really, really important for your foundation to be secure and solid for you to be successful, whatever you want to be successful at. And then I always tell people that they can stay a sole proprietor until you're at that point that your net is anything over $40,000. 
if after all your money's coming in and the expenses that you know, okay, not you think, the ones you know are a write-off, and then you only really know they're a write-off if you do this research or talk to somebody like me, and you're net 40, you should have probably already called me. Like, it's like that. The sole proprietor tax um, is 15.3%. And it is, think about that. Like, could you imagine making 15 grand and you've got to hand over, here's 15% to the IRS. And then that's not even including the state. So oh, it's yeah. kind of, yeah, you know, that. you remember. <laughs> so, I can imagine. <laughs> but, and then that's the biggest thing is like, I feel like everybody's like at these different stages. You can be at your beginning stage and you got to talk to somebody like me and figure out, hey, what should I be doing? Is there little steps that I should be doing? And the biggest one at that level is tracking all your expenses, tracking your income, and also just um, really being intentional about keeping your personal and your business expenses separate. A lot of things have changed over the last five years and with the tax law, and it's a little scary out there, actually. This year is going to be, I think this year, um, everybody is going to be in for a rude awakening uh, by January 31st, by the way. I think people are going to be getting 1099Ks from platforms that they were not expecting it, were not planning on it, and yeah. And I hope that I get calls because then I'm going to be like, well, we're going to write off and make sure you don't owe any tax because there's always capturable expenses and people just don't know. They don't know what they don't know. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, at tax time, I'm busy. That's where I get a lot of business. It's those tax prep packages. People come to me and they like give me all of their stuff for the whole entire year and say, please make sense of it and help me. And it's rewarding though. I like it. It's, um, but it's stressful also because you're like, oh, wow, that's it's, you know, could you imagine going to somebody for a whole year and just handing them all your stuff? It would be a yeah. lot. And you're very organized. So some people, not everybody is. <laughs> so. Well, like chain of different people at different stages. Mm -hmm. And let's say three things in each stage that they could do, like kind of rapid fire. So yep. we have, let's do the. They, well, you can break it down into the phases, yep. I guess, you see in your business, yeah. the stages you see. Yeah. So the first stage is sole proprietor. You've got a business idea and you probably maybe have, had been doing it on the side and you're like, hey, I am now going to actually, whether or not you have a W-2 job also, by the way, you're going to just commit more time. Yeah. There's that first stage. And there's like a set of like things that you need to do to make sure. And the biggest one though is tracking. I always tell people at that point, if you're only going to do one thing for accounting is track, open yeah. up an Excel spreadsheet and start writing down your stuff. Like if yeah. that's all you want to do, like that's the thing. Then the second is kind of like a mid, and this is all for small businesses, um, a mid range where you've then decided that you're going to start to think about leaving your W-2 job. You're like, okay, I'm doing okay. I've got some money. I've got, I'm able to hire like a coach to help me like grow my business, whether that's internally, like, you know, your mindset or a business coach or even a money mindset coach, or even me, you're able to like afford certain things for your business that you don't, um, that don't stress you out anymore, I guess, is the way I look at it is, uh, yeah. oh, how am I going to pay for a VA? How am I going to pay for an accountant how, like, or a business coach? Like if you're kind of like, all right, I got money for that stuff, then you're cool. Like, do you know what I mean? You're like, all right, that's that middle stage. And then I, what I do then is I help them get to the next stage, which then we start really shoring up everything. I make sure everything's starting to get separated. We're, we're like, okay, now we're setting you up for real business. You most likely already have an LLC and a tax ID, but we're probably going to think about getting you into a like S corp within the next year. Because especially if the growth is there, and that's the big thing is, I think at the beginning of my career, when I met some people, um, I took them at their face value and their word of what they thought their growth was going to be. And they took steps that were way above where they should have, and we should have scaled it back a little bit. So now I'm very intentional with these steps. Very <laughs> intentional. Yeah. I don't want anybody stressing out for a decision that we made together down the road. 
even yeah. if they weren't honest with me about it, by the way. Because at that point, I don't care. It's remember, I told you it's already a done deal. There's nothing <laughs> I can do about it. It's in the past. So yeah. like, yeah, it's regret. You know, that's all that is. So, so if you are, so we went over, so for the um, sole proprietors, right, you said to track. For an LLC slash if they're like transitioning into S Corp, mm -hmm. let's say they didn't hire you. What's one thing that they could do right now today for themselves and their finances, whether it's mindset or actual tactile things that they could do to help them in that stage of their business? Uh, before like they're going into like an S Corp yeah. status, honestly, is hire me for a yeah. consult. A consult. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I would like. You, I think I feel like people need to know what to do. They also really need somebody to look at their books. They need somebody to look at their stuff and say, I'm on the right path. And, or, <laughs> oh, did you know that you could be writing this off, this off, this off? Why aren't you tracking this? Why aren't you doing this? Did you, are you getting W2, like nines from people? Are you going to send out 1099s? You know, that's illegal not to. Like that's the other stuff is so many people don't even realize that even as a small business owner, there are requirements that you have to do that oh, yeah. are really serious. And you and I have talked about one of them. This coming next year, uh, the federal government is going to, they want to know who owns every single LLC in our country. They want to make sure that we are, as business owners, not sending money to terrorist groups. So there's this big, huge form that has to be done next year. And I'm doing it all for my clients. But like, can you imagine how many people aren't going to know where to go, what to do, how to get the form done? When is the deadline? They know it has to be done. They hear rumors. Well, it has to be done January 1st, 2024, but where's the website? Why isn't it up yet? Because it's not up yet. <laughs> like, I mean, like literally. So this is where like people that work with me, I just give all the information. I have it all. They, If they hired me, at least even for a discovery call, I could be like, hey, do you have this, 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 and this? And you and I both know that I'm going to start doing more of an educational piece on my Instagram because I, I just don't do anything with my Instagram. But I'm at the point now where I want to start helping people. I want people to know that there is stuff like happening that we you have to do. You can't just open up an LLC and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. yours is great. You're in this estate that I don't, we don't have to do any renewal. We don't have to do anything, but like people in Florida, they have to do, renew theirs every year. You have to pay a fee. It is legitimately under $100. You're one day late. It's $600. Wow. Yeah, I have like, you, you should see my outlook sometimes. My outlook, I have reminders for everything. <laughs> when to download credit card statements, when to go file like, you know, your thing for the, you know, we're doing that little thing for the payroll because I want to know how many women you have working for you. So I have that in there. You know what I mean? It's like it, the government is making it so much harder for people to run a business and really do it successfully that if you don't get some help, how are you going to know what to do? And then I'm going to put one more layer on it of everybody listening, think in your head, how many people you have in your life that own a successful business, that know what to do with money, that talk to you about investing, that talk to you about retirement, that talk to you about trusts, that talk to you about like just general house buying, what we're going to do. There's a lot of people that don't know a lot about money. They just don't know what to do. I have a client. She's like, my parents have never saved any money. She goes, I didn't even know that there was like high interest yield accounts out there that until you told me. She goes, and then everybody just thinks it's like the normal, like, you know, American Express or whatever. She's like, you found me one at 7%. And I'm like, right. I'm like, and it's because like, you tell me what you want and I will help you achieve that. Hers is to have security for her and her family because they're from the Philippines. They're older. They live in New York City. It's very, very expensive. She wants to ensure that her father can quit working in four years. So we're working towards that. And that's her goal. And like, it's like yours. I know your goal is to spend more quality time with your family and to spend quality time with Bryson. So we try to achieve that by ensuring that you have a certain set of clients. You got the girls working, you know, everybody's working for you, doing their job, and you're able to take the time off that you need to. And you're okay with the times that you don't though, because you know that it's temporary. Because yeah. it's still working towards the, the main goal. 
like her, I'm working, we're working towards her main goal. And she's had a lot of hiccups this year that we've had. And we, she was like, it was so much easier this year. She got laid off this year. She lost one of her biggest modeling clients this year. It was a huge blow, like a huge blow to her. And I was, and she goes, but you know what? She goes, it's really funny. She goes, we prepped me for this last year. She goes, we saved a bunch of money. You really actually started talking to me about the possibility of me being laid off last June. So when it happened in January, I was more prepared for it. And I said, "Uh, yeah, girl, because I knew it was coming. It's your industry. You're in marketing. I know things were happening. It's like all that PPP money that came from the pandemic was starting to wane. Like I knew what was going to happen in her industry. She said, if we hadn't talked about it like every month, I probably would have been a mess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and this is just where like, you know, again, open, honest conversation between me and my clients is just for the best. The ones that are um, not honest with themselves never work out with me. Yeah. I think that to kind of tie it up this like back end of the conversation before we dive into just where people can get connected with you is if someone's listening and has been on the fence about if they should hire someone like you or you Mm -hmm. yourself, right? Um, They are no longer a sole prop or transitioning into an LLC or an S-corp. The biggest thing that I think that you bring to the table is peace of mind, right? Before, even though I felt really confident with money, generally speaking, um, I if there was paperwork that got sent to me from the IRS or if there was stuff going on with taxes, like taxes. You still are like that, but but – you now know you can pick up the phone and call me and say, That's what I mean. yeah, you bring yeah. peace of mind to have someone on your side, on your team, oh, where yeah. you get that document from the IRS, or you have the question about the write-off, or you have a question about taxes where you can just send them an email and know mm-hmm. that you will handle it and you know the answers oh, yeah. is invaluable for, I would say, probably 99% of business owners out there is so looking right. for someone who can take that burden. Just supports them. Yeah, it's exactly. just a support. Yeah, I, I'm going to give a really good piece of advice for people is it's not so much that I want them to call me. If they decide to call anybody, I want them to meet them. And I want them to meet who they're working with and see if they vibe with them. Because it's really interesting. I've gotten a couple new clients and they're, they've left a big uh, accounting firm and it's all online. There's no personal touch anything at all. I had a client recently, she came to me, I'm $33 less than that bigger firm. And we're having a monthly meeting. We're actually meeting face to face. And she was like, this is insanely good. And I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And I said, you know, you're still paying a high amount, but just really be intentional about who you hire. You know what I mean? And also it's not as expensive as you think it is. No, it's not. I I think that if you're curious, you should at least reach out, um, especially before tax season, which is coming up very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I, um, I'm going to put out a special at the end of the year. And then also I have some really cute, like marketing stuff that I'm going to throw out, um, for like the t- 12 days of Christmas. I'm going to do like, uh, the 12 days, um, for tax time. And yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I've got like some cute little ideas. Cause I really want to start educating people a little bit more. And then that's just it. I, People can always reach out to me and call, you know, send me a DM and just have a question if they have a question. Like I'm also, um, I joined the Woman Up um, community recently, and I've been talking to Emily about doing like a monthly um, kind of like community group so I can help people. Like I want to help people, and it's getting to be tax time, and it's going to be really ugly this year. I just, I'm really concerned about this year's tax time. There's going to yeah. be a lot of changes. Um, all the platforms, PayPal, everybody everybody is sending everybody a 1099. And I think people are going to get them for stuff that they didn't even sell. Yeah. That was over $600. I just, and it's an easy way out of it. And it doesn't, it's not going to be super expensive. It's not going to cost a lot. I'll teach you guys how to do it. And it's not that big of a deal. Like it's, I think that's the other thing is I think a lot of people just get stressed because it's the unknown. Whenever the IRS is involved, it's scary and people just don't know. I wish it was something they would teach you in high school. A whole Same. semester on taxes and how to deal with the IRS <laughs> and how adulting 101. Like, exactly. it'd be great. So on that note, let people know what is your Instagram handle? 
where can people get in touch with you? We'll put all the links to all of your things in the okay. show notes. But yeah, I'm on can- Instagram and it's a Zen Consulting Service. Um, I You can send me an email also at uh, Janine at ZenConsultingService.com. I, um, I have a couple spots available right now. I've uh, done some restructuring this year, so I'm trying to be a little bit more intentional also in uh, my services. And so I, but also I, anybody, if you just need some advice, just send me a DM. Literally, if you just need to have a question, you're like, I cannot find it or I'm getting like too many. That's the other thing I hear a lot. I get two answers. I found two different answers. Which one's right? Yep. I get that a lot. So. You're yeah. definitely like older sister vibes when it comes to like, I'm having a panic. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Let me just send. Yeah. A text to I you. am like the older sister vibe for sure. Yeah. That's funny because somebody, uh, the other day, somebody asked my opinion on something and I was like, God, I sound such like your mom right now, but I wish you were sitting up straighter in your video. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So I was like, I'm so sorry, but it's like, come on, shoulders back. <laughs> Because they were doing a, like a video for like a big, huge thing for their business. And I was just like, God, I found literally like your mom right now. And I'm so sorry. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so. right past older sister to mom. Yeah, um, flat out to mom's shoulders back. Yeah. So I end all of my podcast episodes with a series of rapid fire questions. So I'll ask you the question and it's the first thing that pops Ooh. into your head. So I'm going to start. They start like quick and easy and then they go into the more expansive questions at okay. the end. So the first question is sunrise or sunset? Oh, sunset. Sweet or salty? Salty. Mountains or beach? Beach. What is one word you'd use to describe yourself? Motivated. What would you want your last meal to be? In and out burger. <laughs> um, double double if- uh, protein uh, protein style lettuce wrap. Yeah. <laughs> if tomorrow were your last day, how would you want to spend it or who would you want to spend it with? Uh, with my husband in Paris. And then lastly, if you could leave the world with one last piece of advice, what would it be? Travel, go out and see the world, meet people. Yeah, go meet people, talk to people, see what they're about. It'll, you'll find yourself. Yay! Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. I'm so excited for everyone to listen to this episode. Oh, thank you. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Uh, Everyone, go follow Janine. Go connect with her. We know you need her services. (laughs) You're like everyone. On some level or another. So exactly. Well, thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Her Life, Her Way podcast. I am so grateful that you have found your way here and that you carved out some time out of your day and your busy schedule to be a part of this community and tune into these conversations. If you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could take just a quick moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Subscribers and reviews really, really help the growth of our podcast long term. So if you are appreciating the conversations that we're having and you believe in the mission of what we're trying to do here with this podcast, it would go a super long way if you could take again just a moment to subscribe to the pod and leave a review or even share with a friend if you enjoyed this episode in particular. Thank you again for being here and we will see you next time.